Blog Talk Radio. If you were hoping to connect with Parkinson's Recovery and Robert Rogers, you are at the right place. Today's program, we're going to talk about uh, the cruise to Alaska that's being sponsored by Parkinson's Recovery. And I have the most amazing follow-up interview for you to listen uh, to with Dave, who uh, had, I must uh, uh, tell you here at the outset, a most amazing journey through the Olympic Mountains. First, about the cruise to Alaska, I want to tell you where the idea came from. We just finished a couple of weeks ago, Jump Start to Wellness, which is the uh, Parkinson's Recovery Program that literally does what we advertise. We give individuals a jump start on their recovery from the symptoms of Parkinson's. And I thought as we were about to deliver that program, there's something that's missing. I really don't have a follow-up. Most organizations that do training will involve people in an initial program. For example, Jumpstart to Wellness at a very modest price. Ours is obviously dirt cheap. And then they'll say, okay, now that you've got a little taste of this, we've got a real program. And the real program is going to cost you, you know, 10000 or whatever dollars. Well, the truth is that Jumpstart to Wellness is it. You get everything that you need to get a Jumpstart to Wellness. And so there's no follow-up. There's nothing else to really do for people. And I thought, I know what I'd like to be able to do. What uh, Deborah and I have talked about doing for quite a while now is a cruise to Alaska. So I basically found an incredible individual, Trucky Robertson, who is one of the few surviving travel agents anywhere around the globe who provides first-class service and actually arranged for the first cruise out of the hopper, in other words, the first cruise that leaves up to Glacier Bay National Park in Alaska, which departs on May 3rd. And one of the reasons that uh, in working with Truckee, I decided to actually schedule this cruise for Parkinson's recovery is quite simply that it's the lowest cost conceivable. The actual daily cost, I think, winds up being something like $100 a day for seven days. I don't know anywhere you can go in the universe on a vacation for $100 a day. So I said, well, that deal is going to work for a lot of people, even the people who are on Social Security. So that's what I want to do. That's what I want to schedule up. The big picture of the cruise, for everybody's information, is to basically fill up the ship with individuals who are interested in knowing lots of different ways that they can get relief from the symptoms of Parkinson's so, so that I can involve many of the people that you're hearing me interview, uh, actually invite them to come on the cruise so that you can meet them face-to-face. So that's the big picture idea. The Parkinson's Recovery Cruise to Alaska is about to be launched here on May the 3rd. And what you're now going to hear is my interview with Truckee Robertson, where I ask Truckee any and all questions I can think of that you might have about taking the Parkinson's Recovery seven-day cruise to Alaska, which leaves on May the 3rd from Seattle. This is Robert Rogers from Parkinson's Recovery, and many of you may have heard, but some of you may not have heard, that Parkinson's Recovery is sponsoring a cruise to Alaska. It leaves on May 3rd from Seattle, and this interview is with the man who knows everything there is to know about a cruise to Alaska on this particular cruise line. Truckee Robertson, thank you so much for being with me today. 
It's my pleasure, Robert. Thank you for um, inviting me. So tell everybody, uh, this is a cruise, leaves from Seattle, May 3rd. It's going to be seven days. Uh, what's the cruise all about? Well, it is an awesome opportunity for um, members to join with Parkinson's Recovery and go on board the Holland America Cruise Line. Uh, the ship is actually the MS Amsterdam, which is one of their finer ships. Um, it's actually departing, as you mentioned, out of Seattle on May 3rd and returning on May 10th, uh, heading up to Alaska. Ports of call are going to be Juneau, Ketchikan, Sitka, Victoria, B.C., as well as uh, cruising through Glacier Bay National Park. Uh, and uh, Holland America is actually one of the very, very few cruise lines that are actually allowed to enter into Glacier Bay National Park. And it is an absolutely stunning and breathtaking area um, to go cruising around in. And as I said, Holland America is very, very privileged to be able to be one of the very few ones that are allowed in there. And the opportunity, as I said, for um, members to join with um, Holland, with sorry, with Parkinson's Recovery, as you know, to partake in the wonderful workshops and um, seminars, and then uh, go ahead and have one-on-one -on -one with the presenters. Uh, so I think it's definitely worthwhile you know, people looking into getting in touch with you or me and definitely, you know, scheduling in their schedule book for, you know, to be on a fantastic cruise May 3rd through the 10th of 2010. The ship that's uh, uh, going to Alaska on this cruise, is that one of the biggest ships for Holland America? Um, it is, actually, uh, but Holland America's ships really kind of fall into the mid-sized category. So even though it is one of their, I would say, larger ones, it's still kind of in the mid-sized category. Uh, it takes about 1,400 passengers, so it's not one of the mega cruise lines, so you still have um, the availability to see everything, get into certain areas that other ships can't get into, i.e. the Port of Sitka and Glacier Bay National Park, um, as well as to not be kind of one of the herd, so to speak, of one of the bigger mega cruise ships. You actually get to enjoy personalized service, um, signature of excellence service, which is what Holland America promotes and delivers over and over and over again. So, you know, you're not just a number, you're not herded from you know your your um your stateroom to the cab um to the dining room or herded around kind of thing you're actually able to move around at your own pace and enjoy the ship and then get off in a leisurely way um at the different ports of call so it's only about 1400 passengers so it's just a nice comfortable number can you stroll around the deck of this ship or are there lots of uh, obstacles uh no that's the wonderful thing about um, cruising with Holland America is, you know, when you think back to the, uh, the uh, ocean liners of past, I mean, the, the great thing about them, kind of adding to the whole romance of going on a cruise was the fact that you were able to walk around the ship on what's called the promenade deck. And Holland America continues that tradition uh, where their ship, definitely MS Amsterdam, does have a promenade deck. So you're able to walk around the ship and you know, all the way around, literally all the way around the ship. And um, you know, the wood that um, makes up the promenade deck is it's actually teak wood. So that, again, just adds the whole mystique and the whole ambiance and the whole romance of being on a cruise line is the fact that you're walking around the ship on a teak promenade deck. So it definitely 
it just adds so much to the overall experience. And not to mention, you know, walking around on that deck, looking out at what I refer to the awesome awesomeness of Alaska. It's just, you know, breathtaking. Many of the people coming on the cruise are avid exercisers. Is there going to be a place for them to be able to exercise during the seven days? Oh, most definitely. Well, first of all, there is the, you know, the promenade deck. Um, and I'm not 100% sure exactly what, but it is marked on there as to, you know, how many times around the deck equals a mile and that kind of thing. So, you know, there's the, the availability to go ahead and, you know, walk or jog around on the promenade deck. Um, but the MS Amsterdam also has a spectacular gym. Um, and it's, um, what do you call it, floor-to-ceiling glass. So you're able to work out and, you know, exercise and that kind of thing, to partake of the different classes that they have, the yoga, Pilates, um, aerobics, um, spinning classes, that kind of thing, all the while not really missing anything. You know, you're not down kind of in the bowels of the ship. You're actually up on a deck, floor-to-ceiling gla- uh, floor glass. You're able to partake and see what's going on outside and continue to enjoy Alaska while you're doing that. Then once you've um, you know, got the exercise in and you're looking for some pampering, uh, the um, Holland America Spa is second to none. Um, there's, as I mentioned, the MS Amsterdam is a wonderful ship, and they've actually just refurbished it recently. So all the facilities and the appointments in the um, spa are just outstanding. Um, one of the things that I really enjoyed when I was on board the ship was they have these uh, ceramic... Um, basically ceramic lounge chairs essentially was what it comes down to uh, but they're in the spa and again floor to ceiling glass you're able to lay out on these ceramic lounge chairs and the ceramic lounge chairs are actually heated so that gets to just you know, soak into your body and just into your bones and just relax all your muscles and everything like that and again you're able to look out through these immense windows to the awesome awesomeness of Alaska and it's just you know I'm just relaxed right now, even this thing. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody can lounge in that lounge chair. They can detox and have a great time looking at the uh, views of Glacier Bay National Park all at the same time. Exactly, all at the same time. Many people uh, think of cruise lines as having really cramped cabins, and uh, some people have actually had some uh, unpleasant experiences with signing up for cruises and, and, and really found that their room was a postage stamp. Is that the problem with this particular cruise line? Definitely not with Holland America. Um, Holland America actually has the largest staterooms of any cruise line on the ocean right now. Um, even their inside cabins are larger and more airy and um, just a lot more um, aesthetically pleasing than any other inside cabin on any other cruise line. So, I mean, the crew, the staterooms are, um, as I mentioned, larger. For those that are going into the balcony staterooms or even the suites, the balconies and the verandas are, you know, larger. I mean, the balconies and the verandas on Holland America ships are actually sometimes larger than some of the staterooms on other ships. Um, so it's really spectacular. And again, the appointments, the signature service that Holland America puts forward and delivers on all the time, um, you know, is, is evident everywhere you go, and especially in the staterooms. The appointments, the service, um, the linen is, um, I believe, it's about 300-count Egyptian cotton. So it's just, it's the kind of bed that reaches up and hugs you kind of thing. 
Um, and again, just the appointments in the stateroom is second to none. Well, this sounds pretty first class. So, it sounds like the cost of this cruise must be pretty high, like into the thousands. Not at all. That's the great thing again about Holland America, and um, well, the state of the economy right now has caused cruise lines to be extremely competitive, and Holland America still um, delivers the value and the quality that they have been known for their entire existence, um, and they're actually able to offer it at a very competitive price. Uh, for this cruise in particular, the uh, starting price is $699 per person per cabin, and that's based on double occupancy. And, you know, with that comes the availability to, you know, be cruising around Alaska on a magnificent mid-sized ship. Uh, you've got the spacious stateroom that we talked about. It includes um, most meals and snacks. And the reason I say most meals is um, there is a specialty restaurant on board called the Pinnacle Grill. And that one um, does come at an additional charge, but it's oh, in, totally and completely worth the additional charge to go into that. Um, it also includes your onboard entertainment um, and, you know, all the things that you just can't put a price on, such as, you know, just being able to relax with new friends and gain memories and experiences and, of course, you know, partake in what uh, Parkinson's Recovery is also offering. When we first uh, talked about choices for cruises, uh, I really, quite frankly, couldn't believe that it was essentially the equivalent of $100 a day. You really can't go anywhere uh, in the universe, in the world, in the globe, for $100 a day. <laughs> you know, I want to break it down like that, Robert. It, is, it, is, it just becomes so apparent because, as you said, it's $100 a day, and that does include you know, meals, snacks, entertainment, activities, as well as your transportation from, you know, one exciting port of call to another exciting port of call. And going up to Alaska, I mean, these are ports, they're exciting. Um, the adventures that are offered there, the different um, tours that are offered, the excursions, the, the availability to really get into a whole new region, enjoy a whole new culture, learn new things, um, you know, and just partake in I keep saying it, but I, you know, it really is the awesome awesomeness of Alaska. I mean, once you've been to Alaska, um, you know, you're counting the days and the years until you can go back again, kind of thing. Um, and just being able to do that for a hundred dollars a day, you know, you, you can't beat that. Some people who are listening to this are going to be living all over the world: Tucson, Arizona, Atlanta, Georgia, Baltimore, Maryland, you name it. I would think that some people are going to be concerned about the complexities of arranging for an airline flight from their hometown to Seattle and then figuring out how in the world do they get from the airport over to the ship? Uh, do they need to stay overnight in a hotel, et cetera, et cetera? How in the world does a person figure out all that detail? Well, the great thing about this and the partnership with Parkinson's Recovery and, um, and myself, uh, Twin Harbors Travel, is that they don't have to worry about that. They don't have to be concerned about that. Um, all they need to do, as you know, I mentioned before, is just clear their schedule for you know, May 3rd through the 10th, 2010, and then just go ahead and get in touch with me. Um, contact me directly. Um, again, my name is Kurt Truckee Robertson with Twin Harbors Travel. Uh, you can get in touch with me at area code 360-987-2333 or at um, well, with my email, which is kurt at twinharborstravel.com. 
And the beauty of all that is basically all they need to do is just communicate with me saying, Kurt, yes, we want to go. We, you know, we've cleared our schedule. We're set to go. You know, we're coming from, you know, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Atlanta, wherever, you know, Vancouver, wherever, Calgary, you know, wherever they're coming from, they just need to get in touch with me and let me know. Um, and then I take care of all that. I mean, it's literally plug and play and they forget. Um, they just need to forget about making um, all the plans on their own, all the stresses that goes with that. That's my job. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to make sure that once you've made the decision to go, that is, is quick, um, seamless. It is the total and complete relaxation from the, the, the most stressful part of the whole thing is just deciding to go. That's it. After um, <laughs> get in touch with me, is you know it's off to the races we go, and I take care of all the airfare, the hotel accommodations if any are necessary, uh, getting to the cruise line, um, getting on board the ship, all that kind of thing. So it literally is total and complete effort, totally and completely effortless on their part. So if anybody's, uh, for example, trying to transit from the airport over to the ship or to a hotel and they uh, get stuck or there's some miscommunication, they can always just call you right then and say, Trucky, what's, what's exactly. up? You know, everything that I communicate or that I used to communicate with, um, you know, anybody that decides to go on the trip will have my name, it will have my phone number, it will have my email on there. Um, so, you know, but I also make sure that the arrangements are made so that the, there's very few things that can actually go wrong. Um, I may have just jinxed myself on that. I hate to say that. But, you know, that's what I do. I go the extra mile to make sure that there are very few things that can go wrong. And if something unforeseen does happen, I'm just a phone call away. Um, you know, that's a great thing in terms of, you know, dealing with me or travel agents is that you do not have to worry. It's just a phone call hey, Kurt, you know, this is what's going on, and then it's just like, okay. I was just saying, you know, find a quiet place, have a seat, you know, let me deal with it, and I'll be back in touch with you in, you know, 5, 10, 15 minutes. And then I'm the one that has to worry about getting everything squared away, and then I get back with the individual and say, okay, you need to go to, you know, this counter, you know, talk to Bob, and Bob will take care of you from there kind of thing. Um, so, you know, but all those arrangements, that's what I do, and I make sure that it is very quick, very easy, very seamless. You know, you get off your flight, you know, you're going to go to baggage claim, you're going to get your bags, you're going to go out, you're going to look for this, you know, vehicle, this form of transportation, they're going to take you here, you know, when you get to the hotel, you know, if you decide to do a hotel, then this is what you can expect, this is where the hotel is, here's what's going on around the hotel, here are the best restaurants around the hotel, and then, you know, work on the transportation from there to the cruise line and everything. So my job is to make sure that, as I said, the hardest decision that anybody has to make is just deciding to go May 3rd through the 10th of 2010. I remember uh, as little as five years ago, there seemed to be travel agents really uh, all over town, everywhere really. And yet uh, there was a, a moment in time when all of a sudden travel agents uh, went out of business. And so it's very hard to find people like you. How do you do it, Trucky? How do you stay in business? <laughs> the way that I stay in business is giving quality customer service all the time, every day, 24-7. <laughs> there you go. That's the answer. <laughs> That's what I do, um, and I do it because I love it. I've been in the travel industry for over 20 years. Um, you know, I do because I, I love travel. I love um, customer service. I love interacting with people. I love assisting people with their travel plans 
because I know um, that you know it can be very overwhelming sometimes um, in just terms of all the offerings that are out there. How do you wade through all that and kind of pick the one that's best for you? Um, well, with my 20 years of experience, I can do that, and you know just that's what I do, and I love doing it. And like you mentioned, I mean travel agents, um, you know, were quite prolific a few years ago. Um, but the industry really changed drastically. Um, and what has happened is um, I moved home. You know, I work from my home. So that gives me the flexibility and um, the availability to be here for my clients all the time. You know, so, you know, it's not like I'm in transit or I'm at the office and I can't, you know, deal with things at the office or whatever. It's, you know, I work, at, I work from home. So that's how I make it work for me and how I make it work for my clients. So the truth is you're one of the few survivors in this uh, very competitive industry. <laughs> That's right. I didn't get voted off the island. I'm one of the survivors. I must tell everybody that when I first met Trucky, I could tell that he really loved doing this work. And I thought, oh, you're the man to be able to partner with so that we can get people uh, on a vacation up to Alaska and have a really well, fun Bob, time. I really I appreciate that, Robert, because um, you know, I really appreciate the opportunity to be able to partner with Parkinson's Recovery because um, I think the work that Parkinson's Recovery does is absolutely blessed and just absolutely fantastic what you do um, and what you're able to do for others. And it is indeed my honor and my privilege to partner with Parkinson's Recovery on this. And we will be doing uh, free presentations. Uh, I just uh, finished uh, my book, Road to Recovery from Parkinson's. I'll be answering questions about the book. Uh, we'll be doing some uh, fun activities for people. Uh, so we'll be introducing some of what we've learned really helps individuals uh, get incredible relief from the symptoms of Parkinson's. Is the price, the incredibly low price that you mentioned, going to be up and valid uh, until the ship is full? Or is this the kind of thing where you've got to sign up now to get the low price and then in a couple of months it actually increases? That is correct. Um, you know, these are usually offered out as introductory rates. So that was what I was able to go ahead and capture was the introductory rate. Now, once you kind of get closer to the sailing date, um, and the closer you get to the sailing date, these rates are going to start going up. Oh, my goodness. So, so people so, need to act if they think they'd like to be able to come. They need to get their deposit in now. Exactly. That's exactly right. Um, you know, and the thing with this is that the deposit is only $175 per person. Um, it does need to be made by Tuesday, December 29th of this year. So that's only um, two, three weeks away from now. Um, so you know, the first deposit of $175 does need to be in by Tuesday, December 29th. Um, and then the final payment um, needs to be made by Friday, February 12th. Now, in that time frame between the end of um, December and the middle of February, um, you know, payments can be made. So it's not that a whole lump sum needs to be made. The difference between you know, the, the deposit and the actual final payment can all be made on a weekly basis, a bi-weekly basis. The, you know, it can be done at the end of January and then again at the middle of February. So there's many different ways that we can partner and work out um, on an individual basis as to how the payments work best for the individual. Um, but I'm very glad you raised this point is the fact that, you know, the sooner we can get the deposits in, because once you make the deposit, that locks in the rate. Um, so the rate can
cannot go up after that. But if you wait a little bit or try, you know, so you know, hem and haw a little bit, then chances are the rate is going to get up, um, is going to go up, sorry, and you're going to um, miss out on this wonderful, wonderful opportunity. So if it uh, comes to, let's say, January 30th, and all of a sudden the person realizes, well, I put my deposit down, but all of a sudden I've got another commitment during that time and I just can't make it, can they get their deposit back? Well, what we could talk about um, on an individual basis is doing um, travel insurance. Um, now, doing the travel insurance, which is something that I do recommend anyway, um, if you do the travel insurance, then yes, you would be able to get the deposit and you would be able to get any payments that you may have made up to that point back. Um, or what you may decide to do, and again, this is on an individual basis, is you know um, leave the deposit there and then go ahead and transfer it to another cruise um, you know, but obviously they're wanting to go with Parkinson's recovery. Um, so if we wanted to get the money back once we've got the insurance, then we can do that. Yes. That sounds absolutely fantastic. It's just you know the the flexibility is definitely there, and of course you know the the whole opportunity of cruising to Alaska and cruising in general is quite fantastic indeed. I want everybody to know that um, we just finished our Jumpstart to Wellness program in Olympia, Washington, and um, a number of the participants uh, expressed some concern about the people that they would meet once they arrived at Jumpstart to Wellness. Uh, and the concern was that there would be quite a bit of negativity, and um, basically it would be a, a very negative and a down experience. And I want everybody to know it's anything but that. Uh, the people who are attracted uh, to participate in the Parkinson's recovery activities are people who are on the road to recovery. And so one of the most uh, incredible uh, opportunities is to be able to meet other people and to learn from their experiences of what they've tried and what's actually helped them be able to get sustained relief from symptoms. So one of the advantages of the trip and one of the reasons that I decided to do a cruise to Alaska was to converge together a critical mass of individuals who are on the road to recovery uh, so that we can basically transform that uh, that belief out there uh, that, yes, uh, it is possible to be able to get sustained relief from the symptoms of Parkinson's. The more people that we can gather together in the same place, the quicker it will actually happen. I've always wanted to go to Alaska myself. Uh, Deborah and I have been talking about it now for years, and so I thought, this is what I need to do for myself. This is what we need to do for ourselves. And so I thought it's really the uh, the perfect solution for everyone. It's going to be a fun vacation. It's going to be up uh, in Alaska, really the first ship out of the chute, so to speak. This is the exactly. first sailing, is it not, for Holland and America? Exactly. It is the first sailing for the 2010 season of um for Holland America up to Alaska. And if I could just um, add to you know what you were saying about the opportunity um, to go with Parkinson's recovery on this cruise is, you know, we all we all know, well, if we don't all know, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are aware of even just the, the healing atmosphere and the whole, um, you know, getting in touch with ourselves and nature and, you know, what brings us all together. You know, that is evident everywhere you go in Alaska. So, you know, I think that your choice to go to Alaska was by far the best choice you could have made um, from uh, a healing and a road to recovery standpoint. That's what I was thinking too, Tracky. If a person is uh, single, they'd like to come, but they'd also like to room with another person, uh, can they basically let you know so that you might be able to connect up people at your end? 
Exactly. I mean, I will definitely do what I can on my end to go ahead and get um, two singles together in the same cabin because then that works out to be a lot less uh, or a lot cheaper per person. Um, you know, if it works out that we're not able to do that within the Parkinson's Recovery Group, then I can work with Holland America because they do have a program that does that. So one way or the other, um, chances are very, very good that we'll be able to get, um, you know, singles together in a cabin, um, and they get to go at the double occupancy rate. And if a person really wants to have their own cabin uh, and uh, not room with another person, uh, the rate is uh, more. I think you said about 50% more. So I guess the actual rate under those circumstances would be about 1200 uh, give or take a few dollars. Is that right? Give or take, it's, it would be right around that per person, correct. So it is more. So when you're sharing a room, it's obviously much less expensive. But everything is covered, the food, the transportation, et cetera, et cetera. So exactly. Sounds wonderful. Well, Truckee, thank you so much for being with us and telling everybody exactly what this uh, incredible vacation experience is going to be all about. Tell everybody again your contact information. Sure. It's uh, Kurt Truckee Robertson at Twin Harbors Travel. Um, and my phone number is your area code 360-987-2333. Once again, 360-987-2333. And my email is Kurt, and that's K-U-R-T, at TwinHarborsTravel.com. Thanks for all your wonderful explanation of this experience. I'm quite frankly ready to go next week. <laughs> it's still, it's still December. I mean, they're not even going up to Alaska right now, so I know that's not possible. But I'm, I'm ready to go. I don't want to wait. <laughs> I hear you. And the other thing I do want to stress is this really is a relatively small ship. And so uh, the ship is not dedicated to Parkinson's recovery, but my guess is that it's going to be filling up, uh, particularly at this low price. So to be able to take advantage of this incredibly low price, it really be in, it would be important to act now, get your deposit in, um, and then you know if you if you change plans, and obviously there is the possibility of being able to uh, be reimbursed. So uh, thanks so much for being with us today and telling us uh, about this trip for Truckee. Oh, been my pleasure, Robert. Thank you. Good day. This is Robert Rogers from Parkinson's Recovery. You've just listened to my pre-recorded interview with Trucky Robertson, who's the man to call if you'd like to be able to get additional answers to all of your questions about the cruise to Alaska and to also uh, be able to arrange to uh, give your deposit, which is due on December the 29th. As I understand uh, the update of the situation, you can, of course, uh, secure a room that has a waterfront view, you know, windows that look over the water or even verandas. Uh, I'm assuming those cost a, a bit extra, uh, but uh, there's not just the low-priced rooms, although quite nice and stately, that are the interior rooms that are available. There are also uh, accommodations that are available uh, that are larger and that have more room and that have access to the, uh, to, to the water as well as views that you can see uh, the water with. As I understand it, uh, as Truckee explains it, it is quite possible that after December 29th, the rates will begin to increase. We have no idea how much. I guess it depends in part about 
the surge of interest here at the early stages. But it makes sense to me that if you're at all interested, it'd be a good idea to go ahead and uh, put down a deposit and get that travel insurance uh, in here early. And what a better gift to give yourself or to give a loved one than to put a deposit down on a cruise to Alaska. So any questions you've got, about the cruise need to be directed to Truckee. Clearly, he would be the one uh, who would be able to answer all of your questions. If you've got questions about what Parkinson's recovery is going to be offering during the cruise, I can tell you we're going to do a lot that will be a part of your uh, cruise experience. We are developing all of those activities now. We are literally inventing them. We are doing things that uh, call to us that we believe will uh, offer a significant contribution to everybody's recovery who's on the cruise. So uh, that'll uh, come out in more detail as uh, we march ahead to March the 3rd, the launch date for the Parkinson's Recovery Cruise to Alaska. I want to change gears now, and I want to switch to a previously recorded interview that I did with Dave, who launched a most amazing personal journey through the Olympic Mountains of Washington State. Here's my interview now with Dave. This is Robert Rogers from Parkinson's Recovery, and it's my pleasure today to be interviewing Dave Yance, who has uh, had a quite fascinating experience recently, so we're going to be talking with him about that. But first, Dave, could you tell us just a little bit about your experience with Parkinson's? Well, it started in 2003 as a minor tremor in my arm, and I'm not sure why, but I felt my I felt that there was something developing. I had no I had, there was no strong reason why I would think it was other than just maybe a muscle tremor. But I something in my body was telling me that something was taking place. Anyway, it's been developing through the years, and and I originally started off with the notion of seeing a doctor and I still think that that's worthwhile but I've I've strongly developed a sense of trying to use alternative methods ones that that sort of fall into my path not ones that I search out so directly but ones that sort of fall into the path of where where I'm going I just like uh, it's like growing branches on a tree. It's like you follow the branch pattern, and hopefully that leads to you leads to a path of healing for you. So, what therapies have you tried that have helped? Well, one of the major ones is yoga, and I know that there's a really benefit in yoga because I can feel it. There's a certain amount of awareness each time I take a yoga class. Another one is that I fell into was the bone therapy. Uh, those two seemed to have a direct effect. And I went with John Coleman's alternative approach, and he uses like flower or plant extracts and and uh, supplements to help balance that out. But he's a strong believer in aqua is it aqua hydration. And uh, and so I started. I've been using aqua hydrations on and off for three years probably. And somehow I I feel that 
there's some really strong connection with that, and that that has to do with you know uh, fluids getting to your cells, the balance of that. But then you know, the other approaches would be like walking. I've created you know a notion that I should be walking you know one to three miles a day, and I you know I make an effort to do that. Uh, what else have I done? Well, I've taken a number of detox program programs, and somehow one of those branches told me that detoxing was really important. And I know each time I do a detox, I don't usually follow it as closely as a as a as outlined, but I try to do my best. But each time I find that there's really some great value in detoxing. And my diet, I've, I'm a real strong believer in changing your, you know, not changing your diet, but moving into a pattern where your diet is limited, where your food intake is limited. I think that's as valuable as as the type of food that you eat. Uh, there's a real strong urge as a Parkinson person because I've I watched a lot of Parkinson people eat and they have a tendency to want to just keep eating and I feel that I'm part of that notion it's like I can't not never feel satisfied it's like I I, I always kind of strive to find that feeling of satisfaction with the amount of food but it, it's really a hard one to overcome so what are typical examples of the food that you do eat? Well, I try to stick with simple vegetables. And I I don't have much of a variety, but usually it's just, you know, like broccoli and cooked carrots and beans of some kind. And uh, rice. Uh, I think probably I have grains... I eat quite a bit of grain foods. The uh, meats, I stay away from just about everything except chicken and fish. But that doesn't mean that I, you know, won't eat. Like, I love sausage, and that's a hard one for me to avoid. <laughs> oh. Uh, but meats in general I try to stay away from I just think they're hard for my system to digest um, I started at different times sort of a juicing program but it's hard because I have to rely upon my wife to sort of make the juice because it takes me forever to get everything cleaned up so it's like you always have. I always have setbacks when it comes to when it comes to doing what you know would be a simple task every day. It's like it turns out to be a long drawn out task, and soon the day's over with. So sometimes uh, things like cleaning up that juicer is too much for me to think about. So you do not take any prescription medications. Is that correct? Uh. 
I didn't for quite some time, and then I went. I balanced. I I became to the point where I was really not moving, and and I so I gave in to this idea of medication, and I started on uh, a low dosage of Mirapax. And then eventually I went to uh, sentiment. So I'm taking it. And one of the things that I didn't realize after all this, going through all this business with medication, I didn't realize that when a neurologist gives you a prescription for the first one and then he adds another one on, it doesn't mean that you stop the first one. It means that you keep using them on t one on top of the other one. Now the next one that's recommended is Azelec and increase the dosage. That's a, that's like a, another approach, next approach if my problem gets more acute. And, and parts of me, parts of, the, of my body are showing the symptoms of getting more developed. But I'm sort of holding back with that because I want to see. I, so I still stay on this low dosage of cinnamon Mirapex, but I want to see what takes place. I, I'm accepting my idea of my tremors, my lack of movement, and I'm hoping my alternative approaches and whatever else sort of falls in my direction with my awareness developed around some of these issues that uh, the ideas for me to create a situation where uh, the symptoms become less. I'm not trying to get rid of the disease. I'm just trying to live a, a life that's self-sustaining. What's coming out in the Shelton Journal this week is an article about a hike that you took. And as I understand it, this was not a hike that took 30 minutes or an hour. It was a bit longer than that. Can you tell folks about what that hike was all about? Well, it started off with just hiking with a person that I knew in the community. And we were just talking one day, and I said something about my wife and I who always wanted to cross the Olympic Peninsula or Park, Olympic Park. And uh, and she asked me a few days later. She said, "Well, if I'm really interested, she knew, she understood my my condition was my Parkinson's, and she said I would be glad to you know work with you in doing something if you wanted to do it and help you out on the trip." And and uh, she's a she was a re was a retired architect. She was 63 and I'm 69, so. I, I stopped to think about that, and she wasn't from this area, so she wasn't used to hiking in the mountains. She was from Florida. So I got to, but anyway, it, it came about where I felt some kind of inspiration, and I said, yes, uh, let's just try it. And she was willing to do that. So where that inspiration came from mainly was that I know if I don't keep moving, everything really stops and it's important for me to have this notion that I can move and I feel you know that it's uh, 
it's a path that you don't want to give up on, really. It's there, but you have to sort of force yourself into giving into it. Because everything tells you in your body, everything in your body wants to shut down. So anyway, it turned out to be a wonderful hike. And it wasn't a fun hike, but it was, I felt really stable. where I felt really, I felt connected when I was on the hike. I felt I was doing the right thing. So across the Olympia Peninsula, are we talking a couple of miles here or longer? Well, it turned out it was going to be about a 45-mile walk. But it, I mean, it originally was planned for about a 45-mile walk, but it had to be changed because of trail problems. Anyway, it ended up going over three mountain passes. Uh and uh, a trip of about 50 or 55 miles in a period of nine days. So it's like we weren't walking really fast, but <laughs> some days we we only made a few miles. Some days we made 10 or 12. It just depends on you know what the situation was and where we could sort of camp and what the water was like. So this is 2009, and we're discussing this in October. You did this hike last summer, right? The end of August of 2009, in the first part of September, yeah, the nine days. And when you're saying you're passing uh, by three uh, uh, mountain tops, basically, did they have snow on them? Well, not. No, this was an unusual year, but there was some patches of snow that you know I think stay year round. On uh, at least one of them, there was, and I was surprised to see that. the The other thing that was sort of curious about these this the one mountain pass. Well, three of them are sitting in a row, and when you take a ten ten or eleven mile hike on the route we took, you have to go. You once you start, it's like you have to complete all of them in a certain amount of time because there's no place to really camp. They don't want you to just camp out on the terrain if you can help it in these in the park system. So what you have to do is climb one mountain pass and get over and then you camp and then you have to get over two other mountain passes and before you camp again. And in the, when you look at an 1100 feet gain, it's like you go down a thousand feet, and then you have to gain another eleven or twelve hundred feet to go back up again. It's like for people like Nan and I, and, uh, and the other woman that was with us, myself, uh, it was hard to do. I mean, it took a lot of effort to do it. It wouldn't be so strenuous if you were younger and good shape. It would be something that would be a challenge, but it wouldn't be so. But for us, it was like it was a real effort. <laughs> what did you do about food? Uh, we really had this food business under control in the beginning. <laughs> and what, <laughs> in the be and what, what 
took place is that we found a woman that was 71 years old and she'd been she had a llamas llamas for packing and uh, we asked her if she was still doing it or I asked if she was still doing it and and she was and she agreed to take her last trip after 25 years working in the packing people on trips in the park system she agreed to do this for you know with us so we just so Nan is a gourmet cook and and uh, she put together an ensemble of food that we put in two bear boxes and the problem with the food is that we were so tired and it was so late by the time we got to our camping and set up our camps that sometimes it was just a real hurry to fix everything but we had all this gourmet food <laughs> <laughs> and we still had food left over after nine days <laughs> oh my. I thought it was really kind of fun the llamas we ran out of food for the llamas but for us we still had food so we were giving them peelings and pieces of fruit and things like that so did the llamas enjoy the trip too? Uh, yeah, they were feisty and sort of spitting at each other a little bit in the beginning, but by the the end of the trip, they were every t- chance they had, they were sitting down to rest just like the rest of us. So it was fun to have them. It's they're just really curious, adaptable animals, and they were they were problems sometimes, but they were really fun. Sounds like this was a remarkable experience. Uh, for myself, I look back and I just think, uh, I wonder how I I did it, but I, I know that um, people, I know that we can as people, when we put ourselves in a place of risk, just really achieve a lot more than what we think we're capable of doing. But we have to, or I feel that we have to put ourselves, myself in a place of that risk. That's kind of what I'm doing with Parkinson's. It's like somehow my mind is set that about. I look at it kind of like that. It's like it's, I'm placing myself in a place of risk, and, and it's an unknown. So, and the hike was like that. It's sort of, you know, it's a metaphor for that. But once you get started, the mystery starts resolving itself. You get started on something like a hike, and the important thing is it was hiking, and there's probably some meaning in life with this, but if you get past the halfway point, you don't have anything to lose by going ahead. (laughs) And it's a lot easier to go ahead than it is to turn around and go back. So I sort of look at that and try to relate some of that feeling of that notion to how I approach something like Parkinson's because this is what it kind of started or inspired the whole situation is like whether I could make it uh, as a somebody as somewhat developed with Parkinson's. That's an incredible story, and you did make it. It sounds like then, after you launched the hike, uh, whatever fears or anxieties might have been present began to dissolve gently uh, as you proceeded. Yes, that's what I've always experienced when you put yourself in a place of risk. It's like the 
fears are grown out of notions of thinking about the future of it or connecting with past experiences that you've had that were uncomfortable. But what really takes place is a whole new set of ideas and situations. And it's how you approach these. And if if I approached it with the notion that I couldn't get down that hill or it was going to be difficult, uh, it would have put a negative aspect. So I tried to form thoughts. I tried to have those thoughts that formed in my mind be along the positive notion of, you know, approach. If I was really having difficulty climbing a mountain, it's like, where else, where, where else will I get this experience? It was like that kind of a notion I had to, it's like a first time experience or something where I'd never have this chance again to see this part of the country or look across at those mountains or come down that shale pass where I don't know how I got down but you know looking back and knowing that I've had that experience uh, those kind of things you know, it's like you just encounter them and you sort of have to I don't know I feel that you have to tell you kind of look within and just give in to the situation and follow the path that presents itself and somehow whatever takes place it works itself out most often if it doesn't work itself out it wasn't meant to be so in large part it sounds like those positive thoughts were what were responsible for helping you get through all 55 miles through the mountains yeah, absolutely. I I feel very strongly about that. I don't know what else to say about it except uh, no, there's no exceptions. <laughs> well, you've had the symptoms of Parkinson's now for about six years, having been diagnosed in 2003. What words of advice would you have for an individual who has just been diagnosed with the symptoms of Parkinson's? Well, I'm thinking about it. I I somehow want to say something about the connection with the the idea that the world is out there for approaches to disabilities that that we as people have, and it's like if you if you develop your awareness around the issues and don't be afraid or don't be so concerned that you have to go along with what a medical doctor says or a natural path says or people around you say sort of listen to your values that you've gained you know through all your life experiences somehow develop the awareness around the talks that you have around them because you'll be doing a lot of talking about Parkinson's or if you're not talking about it you're going to be doing a lot of thinking about it because you, you can't help it but somehow developing the awareness around that and choosing a path that in the beginning that just sets you in a direction you don't have to be right or wrong about it just get you set in a direction and that seems to be important I, I remember a story 
as a Peace Corps volunteer in Africa. And I took a suitcase full of carpenter tools when I left for the training in West Africa. My wife and I were there. And I, want, I knew that I wanted to start a carpenter shop. And the minute oh, we got through with our training, we were in our village. I saw us, we were driving down a road, and I saw a stand of bamboo, and I hired somebody to cut some of that bamboo, and we built a workshop. But one of the first things we did, we were all sort of pondering, because I found some young man and an assistant to help him start working in the workshop and and we were pondering you know how we're going to get this business going and what we were going to make and and how we were going to do it and I just said we're going to make clothes hangers I, I don't know why I don't know why I said that but I just said it and, and even in Africa being as estranged as we were, were in a place of our village they thought that was really far out anyway we got reeds and we got the different sticks and we spent three days making these darn clothes hangers <laughs> and we had clothes hangers hanging from everywhere and they were falling apart and they were bending and they weren't strength to build it they had no strength and Anyway, we got so much fun out of that that it just sort of automatically, somebody grabbed a board that we had purchased and started shaving it down and making a leg for a table. And it's like we knew what we were after then. <laughs> so the key was just to get started. It didn't really matter what you started doing. Exactly. And that's how I look at Parkinson's and developing that start. It's, it's, there's a lot of fear around it and concern. Some more than fear sometimes, but the idea is just to get started. Did you bring any of the coat hangers home for souvenirs? <laughs> no. Well, no, I don't think they they probably... No, we didn't bring any home. <laughs> that would have been cute, though. So the bottom line is, it's just like taking the hike. The key is to just start, is to start walking. It's to take that risk. Yeah, once you feel an inspiration and you feel that there's a risk out there, I mean, at least for me, then there's the next step. Once you're inspired to do something, then there, the next step, the next thing, that concept that sort of comes into your view is the, whether it can be done and how to much to a degree that are you feeling whether it can be done or not, that's the risk. And once you accept that amount, whatever amount it is you accept, the more fully you can accept risk, then the more fully that you'll get some advantage from whatever it is that you're attempting to do. Dave Yance, you are a true inspiration to people. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us today. Well, thank you. It's been it's been the same with you, Robert. I just can't believe how how I feel so t 
together. Not it's not together, but I just feel so much better when I know that you're around, developing you know, these these techniques and awareness around this Parkinson issue. We're setting off out on a hike together, day. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. This is Robert Rogers from Parkinson's Recovery. You've just uh, listened to my uh, incredible interview with a most courageous man, Dave Yance, who is an inspiration to us all. If you ever get in a place in your life where you feel stuck, you can't move forward, you'd like to be able to take action, but something is holding you back and strapping you down, re-listen to this interview with Dave Yance. It's absolutely incredible. It's inspirational, and it may be all that you'll need or I'll need to be able to all of a sudden get out of our stuckness and begin to move forward, to begin to take action, and to make a difference for ourselves and for the people who we love. Next week's program is actually going to be on Christmas Eve, the day before Christmas Day, which uh, will be aired on the 24th of December. My guest will be Michelle Morgan. I heard about Michelle from a listener who wrote me an email and said, I really needed to contact her and interview her. She was providing incredible relief to individuals who have the symptoms of Parkinson's. So I was successful in contacting her. She does a form of neural linguistic programming that she has designed and patented herself, or I should say it's now trademarked, that has a spiritual emphasis. I thought that my interview with Michelle would be beautifully and perfectly and poignantly aired the day before Christmas because it does have a spiritual orientation. And she talks about the incredible relief that people with the symptoms of Parkinson's have been able to get as a consequence that they've been doing uh, in the work that she has been doing for them. So be sure to uh, look forward to the program that I've got with Michelle Morgan, which will be aired next Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific time. You can always call in during that time if you're not near a computer so you can hear the program live. And that call-in number is 347-945-5358. You can always listen to any of the radio programs uh, through the computer. They are all archived and they are all available for you for listening or for active downloads. Consider signing up for the Parkinson's Recovery Cruise to Alaska. I would love to be able to meet you and connect with you, for it is through connection that healing the symptoms of Parkinson's becomes possible. We are converging together a critical mass of individuals who are all committed to the journey of recovery, and I invite you to become one of that community of one. And that's what's happening on the shores of the Puget Sound this holiday season, where all the women are smart, all the men are handsome, and all the children are truly loved. Know that you are on the road to recovery. Good day. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.